Hey, I'm going to change gears real quick and um, tell you about a time that I traveled to Japan from Taiwan. And I went to the country and I was there for two weeks and it was awesome. And as I went to go back to, uh, to Taiwan, they said, your passport's expired. And I said, it's not. Um, and they said, oh, you're right, it's not. And I was like, geez, that was, that was terrifying. So I walked to the gate and, and I was waiting to get on the plane. And then they came and they found me and they said, oh, your passport's not uh, expired, but you need to have six months validity to be able to get back into Taiwan. And you've only got five months and 29 days. And they said, we're sorry, we can't let you get on this plane or you're going to get arrested when you get to Taiwan. I'm like, but I, I live at the time I lived in Taiwan. And so I kind of said goodbye to Talitha, my wife. She went back to Taiwan. She left me in Japan. And, and I kind of figured it out. I stayed with some friends. And I had some crazy experiences while I was there. And one of the things that was so unfamiliar to me was how insane the train system is. Who's been on a train just out of interest? I know being in Toowoomba, this is, that's not something we frequently do, right? Has anyone not ever been on a train? That would interest me. No, everyone's been on a train. Oh, okay. Jerry's never been on a train. Uh, so sorry, bro. And <laughs> Moses hasn't been on one. Um, and I remember catching the train to, to actually, after I'd been there for the, the couple of weeks, I was actually going back to get to the airport and I had to take one of the local trains right on rush hour at the, in the morning. And the train came up to the station and the doors open. And I kid you not, there was probably a thousand Japanese people in this, this train cart, literally standing like this all the way up to the very front of the door. And the doors open and I stood there and I was like, uh, I'll just catch the next one and kind of let it go. And the next train rolled up, same thing, doors open, people's faces like squished up against it. And I'm like, oh, I'll just, I'll just wait for the next one. Anyway, about three trains went past and I realized if I wanted to catch my plane, I was going to have to just get into one of these planes, into one of these trains. So the next one, it's, cra it's crowded, the doors open, and I just say, uh, Sumo-san, excuse me, and I turn around and I just start, I just started pushing. I just started, just no, no shame, just pushing back in. I'm really sorry. And, and you know, people didn't really say anything. I was like, okay. And then we get to the next station and I'm like, it'll be good. Everyone will get off. No one got off. And there's a line of about 10 people. And I'm like, I'm sorry, that's not going to work. But to my surprise, they just start pushing in. They're throwing shoulders. They squish in. We squish back. I'm just like, you're kind of like walking like this, like people are standing on your feet. It's like crammed and we get to the next station and there's more people. I'm like, surely some people are going to get off. No one gets off. And at this station, there's a very nice looking little Japanese conductor man and he's wearing his little gloves and his little hat. And I'm like, he looks like a nice fellow. And some people are getting in and, and it's, it's kind of getting really squishy and really crowded. And he just rolls up, turns around, and starts pushing people, forcing them into the train. I'm talking, there is no room to breathe in here. And I learned something about Japanese culture that day. And it's just that you just get on the train no matter what. You just, if, if, if it's there, you can find a way. You can make space. You can, you can fit in. And, but I thought it was kind of a bit of an, an interesting picture of how life can be sometimes, right? Has anyone ever felt like my life is just so full 
there is no way I can fit anything else into it. Has anyone ever felt like that? Like, I'm just overwhelmed. I feel like I haven't got a spare second in the day. Life can just seem so busy, so full. It's like, what, what do I, what do I prioritize? What do I, what do I focus on? What do I, what, what, what should I put my attention to? It's like everything just seems so urgent. Um, I, I saw a time management kind of tool, which which you block out your time into um, into not urgent, urgent, important. Wait, sorry, urgent, important. Wait, urgent, urgent, not urgent, not important, important. And and the idea is like just to do the important and the urgent stuff. But I don't know. In my life, it just feels like everything is urgent. Like everything needs my attention. Like everything needs to be worked on right now. Like I need to put all my focus into everything that's in front of me. Um, like everything is is a prioritize. And, and we're so used to things happening straight away in life. We live in this kind of instant culture that when things don't happen straight away, we can, can actually feel a little bit disappointed. And, and in our life, we can end up actually giving our focus to the things that are actually having getting some momentum, the things that are making us feel good right now, and then unprioritizing the things that maybe don't feel like they're having an impact. And I think it can move into our faith a little bit at times. Times it can be a bit like, well, you know, church didn't make me feel that great this evening. It wasn't, wasn't as good as last week <laughs> or whatever that might be. As I was, I was journaling, maybe it felt like that God didn't really speak to me or life group's not doing anything. I, I, I prayed, but nothing happened. We've got to be really careful of the temptation to say because something to not say because something's not happening currently, I'm going to push it to the side and focus on something else. We've got to be so careful that our, our faith doesn't take a second seat because it seems like nothing is happening. Because it seems like life is just so full and there's so much happening that the things I need to prioritize, actually I'll get my faith out of the way so I've got more space to fit something in, something else in. But if there's one thing I know, is that God really wants to move in your life. God really wants to work in your life. God's not just a God to know. God is a God to experience. God is a God to have move and transform your life. He wants you to experience freedom. He wants you to experience healing. He wants to fill you with vision and passion for your life. That is our God. However, it's very rarely in my timing, when it's convenient, when I want it, it actually requires intentionally making room for God to do something. And this evening, I just want to spend a few moments speaking about the thought of making room. In the New Testament, after Jesus is crucified and He's risen again, we've been reading a bit around this the last few weeks. Um, Jesus basically, and I think it goes into it just here, and we're going to read in Acts 1. It says in my former book, Theolophus. I wrote about uh, all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised. Which of you heard me? Which you have heard me speak about? John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized 
with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus giving them this promise that there's going to be this power, this experience of the Holy Spirit that you haven't experienced yet. I'm going to do something fresh and move afresh. And His command to them is not, here you go, take it now, go. It's go and wait. Go and make room. Go and make some space and wait for what I'm about to do. And I love, he doesn't give details about what's going to happen. And Pastor Chris mentioned this the other week, but you can just imagine kind of the prayer meeting. They're they're together. It says they're together and they're praying. And it's like, what are they praying for? They don't really know. (laughs) They're like, God, we just, we know that, you know, Jesus said you were going to do something and we're really excited to see it. We're not sure what it is, but we're excited about it. It says, um, It goes on in verse 8, it says, But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. It says, Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. The whole crew is together. And it says they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. It kind of saying as they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to do something, as they're waiting to for this thing that Jesus has promised them, it says they're waiting, constantly praying, expecting God to move. And you know, there's probably about 120 people there in a, in a room maybe not that different to this evening. In a room size not so different to this evening, it made some room. And if you know the story, God shows up in this powerful way and they receive power from on, from on high. And like we spoke about the last few weeks, people who were, who were ashamed and sad actually became really bold and started preaching. And people who had had this negative experience all of a sudden were lifted to a platform in their life where they were doing big things for God. Man, something big happens when the Holy Spirit moves, but it required them actually making room. And I hope for us, I hope we're hungry to see God do something in our lives. And and I hope as even I'm speaking about this, I hope there's some desire burning within you, maybe to see God do something afresh in your life. Maybe it would be for the first time. Maybe you've never had an experience where it's like, wow, God just really moved and, and touched me. And, and I know I've had some people asking me questions about it recently. What's it like? And it's, it's so hard to explain, but you just know it when, you happen, when, it, when it happens. And um, this is going to probably be a really, maybe this is an offensive analogy. I don't know. But I was out uh, hunting pigs with my dad when I was younger. And I remember him saying, um, you'll... Uh, like, you know, I was like, what are we looking for? And he's like, you'll smell them. And I was like, okay, what do they smell like? And he's like, I can't explain it, but you'll know. You'll know what they smell like. And I remember we were walking through this bush and it was like this smell and it was like, I looked at him and he's like, that's it. And I just kind of have this feeling, if we can relate that to the, to the Holy Spirit. It's like this experience of the Holy Spirit that's so hard to explain. But man, when God touches you, when God moves in your life, it's like there is nothing like this. No one needs to tell me what's happening. I know because God is doing. And I've just got the feeling, I've got the, I've got the sense that, that God wants to move in a powerful way this evening. So how do we make room? Practically, what does it look like to, to make some room for God to, to move in my life, to experience God afresh? I just want to give us a couple of thoughts. I think if we want to make room, it, making room looks like clearing out the clutter, right? Has anyone got a cluttered room? Where are, where are my clean room people? Who's got a really clean room? Yep, 
so jealous. I wish I could do that all the time. Um, I have a shed and the, the context of this is I lived in a shoebox for six years in Taiwan. Uh, there was no space for anything. And we now live in a house and my shed is almost as big as our apartment was in Taiwan. And I remember about a year ago walking into my shed and being like, I need a bigger shed. Like I've got so much stuff and, and who knows what goes in the shed is usually the junk. Like it's not like all my valuable things are in the shed. I walked in, I'm like, man, this is so full. And I was like to Talitha, I've got to clean out my shed. And I start going through it and I'm saying, I, I think we just need to, we need to knock it down, put down, put in a four bay shed, our whole backyard just to keep my stuff in. And, and as I'm going through it, it was like, man, there's so much, there's so much junk in here. There, there was rubbish. There was an old kid's water slide that I'd forgotten about. There was like an old hills hoist um, washing line thing from the previous people who'd owned it that was like sitting at the back. The cupboards had random things. There was just so much clutter. There was just an old mower. And, and as I cleaned out, <laughs> cleaned out the shed, as I cleaned off the benches, I'm like, there's actually so much room in here. And I think often what happens is things just build up, right? The, the reason my shed was so full was I hadn't put stuff away properly. I, I'd just been chucking it in where I could fit it. And, and I think life at times, it's so full because the clutter starts to build up. We're so busy that, we, we, well, we feel so busy. We perceive we're so busy that it's like, I just don't have time to, do, to deal with that. I'll just put it on the bench. And then the next time we come in, I'm just so busy, I'll just put that on the bench. And the next time someone hurts us, I'm just so busy. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna push that down. Someone says something that offends. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna push that down. Something comes up that's that's painful, and instead of dealing with it, we think, I'm just. I'm just gonna put that to the side. And all of a sudden, we have all this this clutter in our life. We're expecting something to happen, and then we get disappointed. Instead of going through that process, we, we push it to the side. Then we lose someone we love, and instead of actually going through the grieving process, we just. We push it to the side and all of a sudden life just gets so full of clutter. And often we're actually not that busy. It's just that our emotional tank is so full. We just, we just can't take any more. There's practical things, of course. We've got to exercise, do something you love, do something that refreshes you. But there's also, I think there's just some things that we just got to lay down and invite God into that space and just say, God, I'm not going to carry this anymore. I love what 1 Peter 5, 6 to 7 says. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Sometimes we've got this, this anxiousness and these things that we're carrying and it's not, made for, it's not meant for us to carry. Stress about tomorrow, that's, you're not supposed to be carrying that. It's just cluttering up your life. Maybe it's something from the past. Something somebody said to you, a lie you believed. It might even be something positive, something you saw happen that you're just so hungry to see God do again. Try and get back to that space that you were in. But, you know, God says, behold, I'm doing something new. If you want God to move in a new way, it's not going to look like how it did yesterday. If you want God to do something fresh, it's probably not going to look the same as it did last year or the year before or in the glory days. If you're looking for God to do something new, man, you've got to make, got to make some space. You won't find what God does next in the past. Maybe you're all stressed and anxious about the future, carrying this anxiety over what 
tomorrow might hold. It's like, you've got to create some space. If you want to see God move in your life, it's, it's time to make a bit of room. Actually, I'm not going to carry that anxiety anymore. I'm going to surrender God. I'm going to surrender that need to be in control of tomorrow. I know that I can't, I can't change what happens tomorrow right now, so I'm just going to live right in this moment. If we want to make room, we have to lay it down. We've got to decide I'm not going to keep holding it. I'm not going to keep holding on to that anymore. So maybe there's some clutter in your life. It's, it's time to lay that down. It's time to maybe forgive that person. Stop carrying around that burden. It, it's time to maybe actually make a phone call to someone. It's time to, it, it's time to cross the room, have a conversation with someone you need to. It, it's time to let that word that was spoken over you that's been defining you, it's time to let go of that and clear out the space and say, God, I'm just hungry to see you do something in my life. So we've got to clear the clutter. We've also got to surrender our agenda. You know, sometimes if I'm honest, when I want God to do something, I want Him to do it my way and when I want Him to do it. That's what I want. When, I, when it's like, God, move and do this exact thing that I want you to do in this exact way, that would be really helpful. So has anyone ever been convicted of being like, sometimes I treat God a little bit like a vending machine? Like sometimes like, yeah, I'm good. I'm doing sweet. And it's like, I need something. And it's like, God, E4, E4, $2. I put it in. Come on, answer that prayer, answer that prayer. But, but I think if we're really hungry to see God do something, we've actually got to lay down what our agenda is. Even if that's a positive thing, even if, it's a, even if I'm believing God to do something positive, if I'm believing God for some breakthrough or some miracle, actually, sometimes if I want to see God move in my life, I have to lay that down too. And say, so just like we were singing before, Come have your way. Your way is better. Come and do whatever you want to do, God. And what's amazing is God's way is always the best way, right? That's what I love about that song we were singing before. Your way is better. It's like when I lay down my agenda, when I lay down what I want God to do for me, God can actually really answer the prayer that I was praying anyway. It's usually not in the way that I expect. God have your way. Not come and do, that song is not um, come and do whatever I want you to. <laughs> come and do whatever you want to, God. I even felt like just as I was preparing this, you know, and I realize this is kind of a bit more maybe casual tonight as we're talking, but the last few weeks we've been really seeing the Holy Spirit do some really powerful stuff and we've been having moments to come forward and, and people have been getting prayed for and I just had a feeling that maybe there's even some people and you've been hesitant to do that because it's like, oh, I just don't want to open up that box. Like I just, I'm just afraid what will happen if God gets in that space. Like I'm afraid that that's just such a big mess. Like, you know, you know when something gets really messy and you're just like, I just not even go on there. Have you ever had a cupboard that you're like, I just don't open that anymore. I just seal that. I just seal it up. Just put a sheet of plasterboard over it. That that doesn't exist anymore. And sometimes there's spaces in our life that it's like, I just. You know, God, come and have your way. God, come and move, but don't touch that thing. Just, I, I'm just not, I'm not emotionally stable enough for you to deal with that. I'm not ready for that. And I think when, I, I think that we've actually just got to be able to trust God's timing. Hey, like if God wants to go there, it's for a good reason. I love what it says in Luke 4, 18 and 19. It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. This is Jesus speaking. Proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim 
the year of the Lord's favor. This That is Jesus. Let him in. What's he going to bring? Good news. He'll set you free. He'll help you see again. You'll experience his favor. That's what happens when we create room for God to move. When we say, I know it's not my agenda. I know I'd be more comfortable just, just hiding that away and never going there again. But God, would you come and have your way? Would you come and move as I make room for you, as I open up the doors of my heart, as I'm vulnerable with God? That's what, that's what surrendering me is being vulnerable. It's like, I know I no longer... I no longer count it my own to decide what you do and don't do, God. I no longer just count it my own to do whatever I want to do. God, would you come and have your way? I just want to encourage some people, maybe start to loosen your grip on some things this evening. Start to really trust God. Trust His goodness. It says, He who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it. Sometimes it's so scary, like if I open that space, what if it's undone? What if it's just, I've, I've spent so long suppressing those feelings. Like, I just want to keep them suppressed, God. But God's not about Band-Aid fixes. God's about healing. He's about freedom. He's about bringing joy. John 3, 16, 17, one of the most famous, famous verses in the whole world, whole Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What's God want to do? He wants to bring life. So if we want to see God move, if we want to make space, if we want to make room for God to move, we've got to clear out the clutter. We've got to surrender our agenda. And we've got to be persistent. And this might be one of the most frustrating things um, to people of our generation living today, because who knows waiting is really frustrating. I had to download something on my computer the other day. Um, I downloaded a program, a, 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 some editing software, and it, it was a, a big file, I guess. It was like maybe like 10 gig or something like that. And it was like, I got this new computer. I'm like, sweet, it's going to be instant. And then I saw how slow the bar was moving, and I'm like, come on. What do you mean I've got to wait five minutes for this? It's like apps just download like like that. Why is why is it taking so long? And I'm like, it's 10 gig. So I've got a new computer. It should just be, it should be instant. It should be right now. Whereas, you know, remember, <laughs> maybe, maybe if you remember like me, it's like it used to be like you'd start something downloading and you'd come back four days later and see, has it, has it downloaded yet? But it's just this culture of like everything is now, everything is instant, everything is right here. And the issue is if that gets into our faith walk, we, we start treating God a bit like a magic genie. It's like, God, would you, as we pray, God, would you answer my wish? Would you, would you do it now? And, you know, I've seen God do amazing things in moments, moments where miracles just happen. I remember one time praying for Talitha. She had a really sore back um, in Taipei, and, and she's not one to complain. And she was saying, oh, man, my back is really sore. I remember putting my hand on her and saying, in Jesus' name, be healed. And she, like, looked at me, wide as a ghost. And I'm like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she's like, I think it's better. And she starts, like, testing it out, like, really making sure. And it's like, man, my, my back is totally well. And I was freaked out as well. I'm like, oh, my goodness, my prayer worked. It happened instantly. It's amazing. God can just heal people in an instant. God can bring breakthrough in an instant. God can do a miracle in an instant. But sometimes we actually have to be persistent with our faith. Sometimes we've got to be careful that we don't let that 
an answered prayer in an instant mean that if it's not answered straight away, it's not going to be answered. Sometimes it's like, all right, God, do it now. And if you haven't done it, you're not going to do it. But come on, just because it didn't work once. Colossians 4.2 says, be persistent in prayer. Be persistent in prayer. Talk about scriptures you don't really want to read. It'd be more convenient if that wasn't there, right? It's just pray once and God will do it. No, be persistent in prayer. And keep alert as you pray, giving thanks to God. You know, faith pleases God. And I think persistence shows faith. When it's like, I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm just going to keep praying. I know I haven't seen that happen yet, but I'm going to keep praying. I know I haven't really maybe experienced the fullness of what God wants to do in my life. So I'm going to keep praying. And it says, and also keep alert. I think that that speaks to having expectation. Having some expectation that when I pray, God's actually going to do something. It's like, be persistent in your prayer, but don't just be like, I pray for this, I pray for this, expecting nothing to happen. It's like, pray, okay, pray, but I'm ready. I'm ready. God's going to do something. God's going to move. Have you ever got something um, off uh, like Amazon or something? You know how it gives you the tracking details and it like tells you often where exactly your parcel is and you can see it kind of getting, or maybe you've got Uber Eats and you see that guy, you see him in his, his white Toyota Camry driving down your street. You can see the app because it's always a Toyota Camry, right? I don't know why, most popular uh, choice for Uber drivers. And, and when you see that thing get within a block, you're at your window. You're like peering through the blinds, right? You're like, it's going to be here soon. It's going to be, I'm ready for it. Or if you've got a parcel, it's like, it'll be delivered between, and it's always some silly time. Like it'll be delivered between 10 and four. And it's like, what? Well, I've got to wait six hours. But for six hours, you'll be, you'll be like leaning out the door. You'll be walking out to check the mailbox just to look down the street, just in case that, that's coming. I think there's, there's this expectation that I'm about to get something. Something's about to happen. And I think we've just got to have that same expectation when it comes to God moving. Not, I'm not, maybe if it happens, cool. It's like, no, I'm expectant. I'm excited. I'm alert and ready for God to do something new. I'm ready to get healed. I'm ready to get my breakthrough. I'm ready to be filled with vision. Not just, oh, you know, if it, if it happens, it happens. We've got to keep the space open. Pray and keep watch. Are you ready for God to move? Are you looking for God to move in your life? We've got to keep that space open. I think it's easy to let clutter return. I think it's some easy ways to keep space open. And it's, you know, for me, journaling is just, it's creating room for God to speak to me. When I sit down with my Bible and journal, five, 10 minutes, can I be honest? Not every time do I go, whoa, that was amazing. But the more I do it, the more I feel like God's speaking to me. The more I do it, the more I feel like God's, that, that God's guiding me. The more I do it, the more encouraged I feel. Why? Because I'm making room for God. Here's five, 10 minutes I'm going to spend with you. When I stick on the worship album in the car, instead of listening to just whatever I want to listen to and say, actually, I'm going to make this, this car trip's going to be intentional. I'm going to create space for you. And I guess in the next few weeks, we're, we're kind of coming into Pentecost and that's really what we're going to do. We're just going to be making space for God to come for God to move, to really experience God. We're not going to be forcing stuff. We're not going to be like ramming it down your throat or trying to call down something from heaven. It's just like, God, we're going to create space and we're just going to expect that you're going to do something powerful. Zechariah 4, 6 says, So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit 
says the Lord Almighty. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. It's not forceful. All we can do is make room, surrender, and say, God, have your way. So a couple of questions. Is there anything you need to lay down to create space? Maybe there's something in your life that you recognize, I need to surrender that. Maybe there's something you've just been given way too much weight in your life. Even as I was preparing this, I just had the feeling that maybe as I've talked about this, you've remembered something and realized I've been giving that way too much weight in my life. What that person said to me when I was much younger is still limiting me today. And I think it's just time to surrender that and say, I'm not living under that person's words anymore. Something, some, someone something said, maybe it was even a good time in the past. Maybe it was a disappointment. Maybe it's anxiety about tomorrow. Is there anything you need to lay down to create space? Second question, is there an area you need to release control and invite God in? Thank God, come and occupy the space. Come and do what you want to do. That box that's been taped shut for a long time. Maybe it's time to actually say, God, would you come and would you move in this area? Final question is, are you ready to make some room? Are you ready to be persistent? And I'm just going to, I'm going to get the team back and we're going to sing that song. Um, pretty obvious why we chose that one, wasn't it? Make room. And what we're going to do is we're just going to sing for a little bit. We're just going to worship and we're simply going to make some space. So if you want to stand with me, if that's cool, we're just going to start, we're just going to sing that I'll make room for you to do whatever you want to. And can I encourage you as we as we sing that, would you would you would you let that be your prayer this evening? That God, I want to create space for you to come and do something. God, would you come and speak to me? Not just come and do what I want you to do. God, would you come and do what you want to do. Would you would you come and have your way? Can we sing that? Maybe just sing from the, the chorus even. Well, um, just as we modelled tonight, making room, having some extended worship, more than what we're probably walking in expecting, we want to model that so that it's something that we can do in our, in our week. So this week, let's go out and let's not just live an average week. This is not just for right now, making room right now, but this is something that we want to walk out and we want to clear a bit of space, hey? So why don't you start to think right now, this week, I've got to clear a bit of space. I've got to make room for God to move and just see what He does. Just uh, That just excites me just thinking, because the God I know, He loves to heal. The God that I know, He loves to bring peace. The God I know, He loves to bring joy. So as soon as we can move our stuff out of the way, I'm so excited to hear what God is going to be doing in your life this week. So let's just make that, uh, let's just take what we've done now as a model for what our week can look like this week. And um, just really want to encourage you as well. If you made some kind of decision that you want to change the trajectory of your journey tonight, whether that's to just really get serious about God or get or start to really press into God for the first time, you need to make sure that you come and see us after the service. We'd love to help you. Um, we've got a couple of ways that we can do that, connecting you with a life group, getting you a Bible, um, just getting you started on your journey. So please, you really need to come and see us and we'll get you started on the right way. And also make sure that you get around to one of our after parties uh, at Grill. That's going to be fantastic.